Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are discussing episode 15 of season five, Jews and Chinese Food. Do you like Jews and Chinese food? I like both. You like both? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jews refers to the play that they're doing, Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Chinese food is pretty self-explanatory. Rory and Logan and the gang go for Chinese food. Extremely um, overpriced Chinese food. I was about to just—I was just about to say what I have never, never in my life gone to a Chinese restaurant with six other people, and we each had to pay seventy-five dollars. Are you insane? No, no, thank you. No, it better come with a college fucking degree. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that whole, on that whole dinner. So, oh, so do I. But I mean, just right off the bat, the price is ridiculous. I mean, no. <laughs> Considering that, I mean, most Chinese food restaurants that I've like dined in before have been kind of buffet style. So I don't know if that, I don't think that was buffet style, but even even then, a lot of them charge ridiculously a bit like large amounts just for a buffet. And mm, no thanks. I mean, there's a really good restaurant that I go to here. That's mm-hmm. it's a Chinese restaurant. And fuck, their shrimp is so good. But even even though like it's it's high quality, can you imagine paying seventy five dollars? Absolutely not. And like, not only like you had your meal and what, and you ordered whatever you want. It's like we're ordering for the fucking table, so you yeah. don't even know if you got enough of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how we're discussing this. Like we're starving, but <laughs> listen, if I was paying seventy five dollars for a meal off myself, I better have one hell of a food baby afterwards. Oh my god! I remember once when I went, um, my sister in law and I went to my cousin's bachelorette party, and they were having it at this. I think it was Korean place. I'm not sure the food was excellent don't get me wrong but it was because we were such a large group it was like hey bring us this 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 and this and we're all gonna take a bit you know Mm -hmm. so it ended up being that like i had one piece of chicken and like a snow pea (laughs) and exactly the price is something ridiculous like 80 dollars and i just wanted to go to mcdonald's after (laughs) like you know yeah exactly um if you invite me to dinner is my point let me order what i want to order yeah, it's just it's a whole social construct that I really don't subscribe to, and that's part of what upsets me about this whole interaction. You mean the 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 part of like we're splitting the check, or or the fact that it's like oh seventy five dollars per person? Like even I find even if it wasn't a group of ritzy rich kids living off their trust fund, which is the implication that we get from this group. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could easily, like, it reminds me of that episode of Friends, that really underrated episode of Friends, I think it's in, like, the second season, where... They go out for Monica's birthday. Yeah, and it's Rachel, Phoebe, and Joey, who, like, are you don't usually have a lot of money, and Ross, Chandler, and Monica usually do have a lot of money, Mm -hmm. so those three never see money as an issue, and they're like, that's because you have it. Like, you know, not all of us can afford to go out for some, you know, like, they, like, Joey, Phoebe, and Rachel each had like minimal like side they ordered like a, like side dishes as their main meal they're like i'm gonna have the side salad okay and what will that be on the side of how do you just put it right here next to my water you know like they don't they, it's it's ridiculous that you expect people to all afford the same stuff like i get it's because we in the, in the case of logan's friends are all rich 
but I think that I think that that's a disconnect that happens in a, in a large group of friends sometimes. So I like that th that show uh, did an episode about it. Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm like this topic is weird for me because um, we're Greek. Yeah, and um, you don't so, say. <laughs> no, you don't say. Is it my last name that gave it away? Um, <laughs> but no. So normally, like somebody's always fighting for the check. Mm. um and like growing up we would go out to dinner and it was like your treat or my treat or whatever it was mm -hmm. um but that we also whenever we go to greek restaurants like yeah we're gonna get plates to share um i'd be pissed if somebody like ordered for me and then told me to pay up 75 dollars. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that yeah that's the issue that's yeah the... and you know listen in the context in in this context in the context of like marty going out and everything i have whole other thoughts on how they got there in the first place mm -hmm. but you know the sense was like we're all we're all rich kids living off living off of our trust funds why couldn't someone just pay and like figure out the rest later or i don't know i i didn't get the sense that like seriously you're rich and you're just ponying up 75 dollars like mm -hmm. i i don't I like think to, that I they do like that to, often no and i feel like to them 75 dollars is, is chump change so well you saw their face they're like yeah 75 dollars yeah we're all going to our wallets <laughs> 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 you know um but yeah i think this is was was the most like blatant um example of the disconnect between rory's like stars hollow world because she very much understands marty too Mm -hmm. um and the fact that she's kind of gotten comfortable in her grandparents world right yeah. um and just kind of being around logan and knowing how logan is but um yeah dinner is dinner's touchy let me order what i want to order i want to eat what i want to eat i want to know what i'm paying for it <laughs> that's <laughs> it okay listen one thing that i've learned dining out with eleni is that you do not come between her and her food that's so true <laughs> like and not in a not in like an aggressive way of like who can I have a bite of that no like and just meaning in terms of oh like, I always share but it's yeah, just no like... you definitely do it's more so like when you go out you want like you want is like what just what you said like you want what you want and don't cross me you know yeah like don't sit there and be like oh my god do you want to split on no <laughs> exactly like if I wanted to split it no get your own <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like if I want something I'm gonna order it I'm not gonna split it with you I've never exactly. been one of those people like oh my god if I get a plate of fries will you have some fries with me like no I'm just gonna get a fucking plate of fries <laughs> <laughs> and see that's why you and I are best friends because that's yeah. I don't vibe with that at all either I'm like yeah. no I because you don't you don't know how I eat like yeah. if you get a plate of fries I'm gonna eat all for your fries yeah and that's fine i'm paying for the fucking fries it's fine i i like when you go out not with like a large group but maybe like three or four people and they're like let's split some appetizers and you're like oh motherfucker yeah and like, only, the only reason that i find that is a headache is because when the check comes or like when it's time to pay and it's like the, it could like the waiter could be really experienced with splitting it and it's no problem but then there's other times where it's like okay so um how did we want to do the yeah. the appetizers and... but the other thing that i and also like when i go out to dinner and i think this is because i'm greek it's also like if the waiter can't if we're four people and the waiter can't split like a ten dollar appetizer into four people mm. 
I'll just be like, fine, put it on my bill and we'll like, we'll settle it later, you know, because we're exactly. friends, whatever. It's not like I'm never going to see you again. But um, another thing I hate about that is like, oh, let's split some appetizers. Nobody can ever decide which appetizers will appeal to all three or four people. Exactly. That's why I'm just like, you get the appetizer you want to get. Mm-hmm. I'll get the appetizer I want to get. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this has gone on for way too long. Um, <laughs> let's uh, dive into the episode, shall we? um so this is post breakup i guess mm-hmm. is that what we're calling it i mean should we call it coffee 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 no that was so annoying i know um we'll get to that but this is uh lorelei and rory having friday night dinner at yale um because well presumably richard and emily are on their like second honeymoon mm-hmm. and also presumably lorelei is not going back because her mother fucked up her life yeah um so they're having dinner at Yale and Rory is very concerned about Lorelai's well-being. Like, how are you doing? Um, you know, and to her credit, Lorelai does seem like herself, but also just sad, muted, I guess is the word. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Rory is like, it's a point, Rory makes a good point when she said, you know, you She's like Angel, I've been dumped before, and she says, "Well, not by Luke." And I think exactly. Rory, I think Rory recognizes that this was just this wasn't just anybody. Yeah, it wasn't just any old breakup. It was, you know, real, <laughs> for lack of a better word, right? Yeah, because um, ev- everyone knew how long they waited to get together, and everyone everyone saw how much they liked each other, and blah 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 blah. Which, by the way, I think makes it harder, like as a viewer, when you're, and we talked about this a little bit last episode. As a viewer, when you've been waiting for this couple to get to- together for so long, mm-hmm. and you're like, they only made it 12 episodes before they broke them. <laughs> you're like, you guys have been pining for each other for five years, and this stupidity breaks you up? Like, you know, that's really frustrating as a viewer, too. Obviously, yeah. that's what keeps the show going, um, this conflict, this back and forth. But um, I'm sure, like, the people of Stars Hollow are like, oh, these fucking idiots couldn't even make it work <laughs> for, 10, for 10 minutes, you know? But yeah. Yeah. Um, I do love the scenes, though, where the scene in the beginning where Lorelai walks in and she's interacting with Paris and Doyle. <laughs> yeah, I think they crossed the I think speaking of boundaries, they crossed the line uh, multiple times. Well, yeah, Paris is just casually offering up the information that she and Doyle are having sex three times a week. Like, I didn't mean to know that. And my lover. My lover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, that word pisses me off. Yeah, it's. I get the icks from that word. Yeah, especially I find even more so for me because like historically speaking, like a lot of gay men referred to their partners as lovers because like there wasn't really a word like boyfriend didn't feel right and or politically correct in a lot of eras. So like lover was more or less the term they they settle on as their own. And I don't know, it's even even in those contexts, ick. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't know what the the so I, I think I, I kind of understand Paris in the sense of she doesn't know where their relationship stands. So they're obviously being physical, intimate, whatever. That's mm-hmm. also gross. Uh, and I pardon pardon the expression. But like they're obviously having sex, um, but they haven't defined the terms of their relationship. Yeah. And she's not gonna call him my boyfriend. So I get that there needs to be a word in between, but could it be something other than lover? <laughs> oh, vomit. Yeah, I don't even 
I don't know. There's, it, it like elicits a really ugh reaction in me. Fuck, buddy. I don't know. I'm no, even worse. <laughs> but I mean, if Gilmore Girls is on HBO, maybe. <laughs> but... uh, yeah, I don't even know what. Can't even Anyways. think of something. Um. So at dinner, Rory reveals that she got an email from Christopher because yeah. he wants to explain his side of the story. And my question is, what? what could possibly like what could it possibly be what is his side of the story um haters gonna hate <laughs> like he's he said to rory that it was all a big misunderstanding and the reason he went to the wedding was just to celebrate grandma and grandpa also i kind of hate how gullible rory is in this like yeah moment because i feel like with rory we went from a place of like she really set boundaries with her father Mm-hmm. And then that all went to shit because she felt bad for him because his father passed away. Yeah. And now it's like she's scared of going back to that place where she's mad at him for fear of like feeling that guilt again. Mm-hmm. So she's back to giving him the benefit of the doubt, like 16 year old Rory. And I kind of want to hit her. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, what do you, granted, she wasn't there. When, like, he said all those weird, like, when he said everything with Luke, when they had their little screaming match at the wedding, she didn't hear all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? <laughs> I'm, I'm just having such a hard time. Like, I'm struggling so much with why she, like, she knows her father's shit. <laughs> yeah, I think part of me wants to think it's because of like the little connection they made in that one scene at the wedding. And I, I think it has a lot to do with Roy being gullible though. Like she set the boundary and I think also his dad died and she felt bad about how he, how she was treating him and just got kind of sucked back into the vortex. Yeah. My thing with Rory is that she, she lingers on her. Like she always tries to be too good, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, not just, academically or like intellectually stuff like that i think even in her life all the all, all her life people have been telling her like what a good girl she is uh like morally you know like values whatever yeah and i think the time that she wasn't speaking to her father really took a toll on her not because she wasn't speaking to her father but because she didn't like the way it made her seem right, right. and then like something bad happened which was his father dying yeah and she equated that to like oh my god you see i'm not speaking to him and his father dies exactly oh the guilt oh and that like that totally makes sense to me in like an anxious brain of like that's my fault like everything is my fault yeah i know so, um yeah I, I i don't think it makes it right but i but i understand yeah no i can also understand it but it's just it's it's really frustrating to watch mm-hmm. um like her her mother clearly hurting and she saw her mother last week and you know knows it's her father's fault and you know i hate that they place more blame on emily than christopher Mm -hmm. um because listen don't get me wrong what she did was terrible like she you know the goal was to break them up but yeah he actually did it and he said really terrible things you know so Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I guess you can be mad at Emily too, and I would, but like, what? Where's the anger with Christopher? Yeah, I think 
it's easier for them to place their blame on Emily because she's more she's more or less been in their everyday lives a bit more. Mm-hmm. So it's just easier, also, I think, to be mad at your mother. Yeah, and I I think but Christopher does what he does and then he flees, right? So I think. Yeah, because we also learned that this email came two weeks after the actual event. Like, how slowly do you type, sir? And why are you even, like, you're emailing Rory to apologize? Also, what a coward thing to email. Just pick up a phone? <laughs> but uh, why would you, like, I guess, under understandably, you would apologize to your daughter for causing a scene, but... I don't think Rory's the one who needs the apology. No, but I think that he rightly knew that if he called Lorelai, she'd ignore him. Uh-huh. So, again, coward. Because he knows that Rory tells Lorelai everything. Yeah. So he knew it would get back to her. Um, An email. I still can't believe it. But anyways. What a little bitch. <laughs> he is a little bitch. Um, okay. So Lorelai and Rory are walking back to her dorm. Um... And they see Marty. Mm -hmm. And Marty hauled ass when he saw Rory. <laughs> uh, the last time we saw Marty was the episode where Rory gets a Chilton student to babysit, I guess. And he was telling her uh, what we all already knew was that Logan liked her. And she was like, no, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, he does. <laughs> well, was, that, was that the same episode where she, like, she falls asleep as he's confessing his feelings for her? No. Okay. So that was that was that before the the Tilton student? Yeah, that was before. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would think honestly I would be more embarrassed, not embarrassed. I would be more gun shy around around like the person with whom I confess feelings to. Yeah, but she didn't hear them. Yeah, I know. But even then, I, that's why I felt that's that's why I feel bad for him. Like I I I get it. It contributes to the whole trope of like every boy Rory meets falls in love with her. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this episode definitely made me feel bad for Marty, and kind of made me want to slap Rory a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I feel I don't know. Running away doesn't seem like the solution either. And also, like Logan is in his is in prime rich douchebag mode in this episode. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. I agree. By the way, yeah. Um, even though I'm 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 a fan of his, I one hundred percent agree that the whole scene at the Chinese restaurant and even before when he comes back to her door to invite her, mm -hmm. I think he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know what I would do in poor Marty's situation because he obviously enjoys her company, right? And they have fun together. They were friends all of you know season four. Um, but I guess it's like self-preservation that you don't want to stay around the person who's like constantly breaking your heart. Yeah. And I think like, he, and I think when she kind of forcefully invites him over to watch movies, he's like, he can see that she's making an effort to be friends and he, and I, I think he has a, a soft spot for her. So for sure. he's not going to decline an invitation to spend time with the person he likes. Um, yeah, I think he just can't say no to her also, right? Yeah, and I think it would have I think it would have ended differently if, you know, Logan hadn't come to the door. But I don't I don't think it would have ended with like him making a move or something. I think it would have just been like maybe kind of the same like the same thing that happens at the end where he's like he says, you know, I like you. And she's like, I like Logan. So I actually have a different opinion. Okay. 
I don't think I think that the fact that they went out and like she's he saw her with Logan them interacting mm-hmm. I think that kind of forced his hand a little bit okay I, I don't think if they had just stayed up watching movies and like then left the door like like let's say she walks into the door okay this was fun we should do it again I don't think he would have had the gall the gall the balls I don't know (laughs) I don't think he would have summoned the courage to tell her I think it really forced his hand seeing her with somebody else because I think in that moment he needed to like tell her Mm -hmm. um because it was also an explanation for why he'd been staying away for so long right because the thought of or you know actually physically seeing her with somebody else Mm -hmm is not good for him clearly you know um as much as he enjoys her company so i disagree i think that that confession wouldn't have um happened if the disaster dinner hadn't happened you're right that makes sense and i think at the same time like he he like he summoned the courage that first time when she was asleep to say something and then i find like in these kind of situations when you finally summon that courage and you know the person falls asleep or they didn't hear you or whatever it is it takes a lot to work up that courage again oh for sure so i think you're right in in that uh seeing her with logan forced his hand to like be like you know what bitch hello me likey and you not pay attention to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah, I feel bad. Should we talk about Marty since we're on the to- topic of Marty? Okay. Let's talk about um, she invites him over to watch the Marx Brothers. Have you ever watched the Marx Brothers? Oh, I have that note in my <laughs> written down to ask you if, you've ever, if you ever watched the Marx Brothers. I have not. I have. Is it worth the watch? I mean, yeah, it's very old timey comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Very like Charlie Chaplin comedy. Okay. Um, but what I do know is that I fucking love I Love Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. When she's like, you have to stop watching I Love Lucy. No! I yeah, love and that. also, <laughs> first of all, never going to stop watching I Love Lucy. Um, because I love Lucy. <laughs> but um, also, his opinions about I Love Lucy are trash. Yeah, they are. Like, fuck you? I mean, I would never side with Ricky over Lucy in any situation. So. I mean, that, okay, that one, I I gave it to him. Because, no, fuck, Ricky was the worst. Okay? Yeah. He was the worst. But the Hollywood episodes, fuck you, Marty. Fuck you. Okay? But, yeah, um, I love, I love Lucy. And that's actually the show that I've been watching for this week's episode of, no, no, this week's newsletter is what I wanted to say. And where, pray tell, have you been watching I Love Lucy? I must know. <laughs> Sorry? Where, pray tell, have you been watching I Love Lucy? I have the DVDs. Oh, you too? Yeah. <laughs> I have I Love Lucy DVDs. So out of all of the DVDs, you did you buy it while you're in Toronto or did you bring it with you from home? Uh, I brought the first and second season with me from home. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I had them readily available. Because <laughs> uh, I remember the first time you moved, you were like, I can't bring anything with me. In terms of like DVDs or a lot of books. And then as time went on, you had accumulated your own collection of books. Yeah, but you know what's hilarious? <laughs> Every time I went back home to Montreal, I would bring books with me to bring back to Toronto. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Because I was like, I miss you guys. Get in my <laughs> luggage. <laughs> so I think it was the first year that I went back for Christmas. I brought back the DVDs with me. Interesting. Yeah. I think I had the the complete series set, like, saved in my Amazon wish list after I watched the the movie with Nicole Kidman, which was... Oh, you're one of those. Excuse me, what? I watched the reruns when I was younger. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it by Lucy before. I watched the Nicole Kidman movie. Thank you very much. Well, I'm just saying. There used to be a Canadian channel called Comedy Gold. And then I think that eventually became another channel. And then they cut it all together from cable, which had a lot of, they had like Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda, all of the, all of the ones you know that I like. So I had, have indeed seen many. I, I love Lucy rerun. Um, I did not end up buying the complete series set, but maybe now I'll look into it again. <laughs> It's really cheap. I'm looking at it now. It's 60 bucks. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh-huh. But yeah, so um, they watch I Love Lu- No, they watch the Marx Brothers. Um, I would like to know why she thought she had to print movie posters. It's festive. All right. Fine. Maybe she had them. Maybe she had them. <laughs> no. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> I doubt it. But anyways. Um, so whatever, they're having a really good time. You can tell that they're back in their routine, like they're really cozy on the couch. And it's familiar, right? Like it's everything uh, you know, they were they were doing the year before, and they're getting back into their groove. And then right. Logan shows up. Yeah, there he is. There he is. And he's like, Hey, I missed you. Let's go to China Palace. And she's like, Um, excuse me, sir. I have company. Yeah, and it's not so much that he's like dismissive of the fact that he that she has company, but it's like, oh, I can come too. You know, let's get to get let's get to know each other. Blah blah blah. Like that's all fine and good, but it's what makes him an ass is like you show up and just basically force my hand to come with you. And yeah, just- so my my problem with it was number one, he didn't really give her a chance to say no, even though yeah. she had company. Yeah, um, and the other part of it is like. Can you relax? You've only been like making out for a week and a half. <laughs> so that when he said like, oh, if you're going to be hanging out with Ace like this, like kind of like showing dominance, like, oh, I already have a nickname for her, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to prove to Marty that she's like ingrained in their friend group and that he somehow knows her better. Um, Like she somehow belongs more with him than with Marty. Like Marty's the outsider in this scenario, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, if, do you think that was deliberate the way Logan did that? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah, because I think I always think it can go either way, and I, I think he, I think his polite demeanor sells it a lot. But at the same time, when you say like he definitely asserts his dominance in that, like, you know, like he'll put his arm around her or something, like just to indicate, like, oh, she's mine, by the way, you know, like, yeah, thanks, thanks for sticking around or something like that. So I think. I think two things are happening and I think they can both be true at the same time. I think he probably did miss her and wanted to see her. Yeah. Um, You know, cause the last time they hung out, they just hung out, you know, we still didn't get like a definitive answer of what ha- hanging out means, but anyways. Um, so I think two things can be true. I think he really missed her. And then he saw that Marty was there and clearly he thinks he's, I don't know if he, it's clear that he thinks he's better than him. But I think when it comes to Rory, I think he wanted Marty to know that like, I'm with her kind of thing. Yeah. Even though they're not exclusive or whatever, it was more of like, well, I'm 
dating her she's my lover like what do you want me to say I don't know what the word is <laughs> it was it was clearly a show of dominance right yeah and I think that could also be true with like yeah okay maybe he is trying to be friendly um but he's also trying to mark his territory I guess mm-hmm. um and then don't even get me started on when we get to the actual fucking restaurant because first I want to talk about how Rory's like Rory 100% should not have accepted this invitation. No, and it's like... And it I, made me feel awful for him. Yeah, and I get... And I... Okay, how shall I... It, incorporate coherent sentences. Please. Um, <laughs> the way in which Rory kind of placates to both Logan and Marty, I find is the worst, where it's like... I've I find I've I find I've been Marty in so many situations like this where it's like I was already hanging out with someone and like oh we're going to this place like you can come if you want like whatever and so then it's, it's the it's the if you want yeah it's the way she phrased it of like oh only if you do but you don't I'm like Rory come on yeah and like Marty was smart enough to say like obviously you want to go so yeah so I actually really admired the fact that he was bold enough to say that to her mm-hmm. and i was hoping the, i remember watching it the first time around and i'm like as much as i love logan and rory scenes because that was like my beginning of my infatuation with logan i was yeah. like this is clearly very rude you already had company over what you do is you march outside you tell him hey no sorry we're not gonna come talk to you later yeah and then you go back to your company Ooh. Yeah, no, it's very, it was very high school how it all went down, which is why it gives me the ick factor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was high, I think that was also done deliberately. It was high school because it's very new for Rory to like, like a guy and be chasing him. Yeah, but at the same time, you had, you, you were already doing something with Marty. And I think what I'm not justifying me, it, my love. Obviously, no, it's nice. But I think what bothers me most is that, like, Okay, just because we're sitting around watching a movie, it doesn't mean we're doing nothing. Like, it doesn't mean we're waiting. Exactly. Around, it doesn't mean we're, we're waiting around for something better to come along. Like, we planned to get together to sit and watch a movie together. Like, it doesn't mean that that that's something, you know. And I find, I find a lot of times in my experience in my past, it's been like people just like look down upon, like, oh, want to come over and watch a movie? Like, you know, it was never really interesting enough for them. So that's why that bothers me. And I think, I think Logan in general like you said, like just his overall demeanor was very commanding and Rory obviously is interested in him. So she like she want like she would she would have said no to be polite to Marty, but at the same time Marty respects her too much for her to do that. So it's just going it's just going nowhere. And that's why they went to the restaurant. And still I think I think Rory was in the wrong for not having also the gall to say to to Logan, like, oh I'm busy tonight. Like maybe maybe tomorrow or I'll call you later or you know what could have been easy as easy as that and I think Logan has pretty much signaled how much he likes her already so I don't think it would have like put a damper on things for her to say like oh I'm busy tonight like another time yeah no I I agree with you I think um the right thing to do is to say no Mm -hmm. um because you already have plans like we didn't make plans and then be like oh with better plans come along fuck you (laughs) that's not how plans work okay yeah um but let's talk about the scene at the restaurant or the scenes at the restaurant. Insufferable. Uh, okay, yeah. Because I have a question. Yeah. Um, let's like let, let's put on our, our thinking caps and transport and transport ourselves back to a 2005 
mentality, okay. like cultural landscape. Um, even in 2005, would Juliet not ever eating have been funny then? No. Because obviously it's not funny in 2023, but in 2005 would, oh, she never eats. Like, like that's not, is that, a, is that supposed to be a joke? Because obviously now we can see it as like problematic of glamorizing eating disorders. But even 2005, when, you know, that thin, low rise jeans look was in, would that have even been funny? Uh, no. no. Okay. Just want to confirm. So I remember watching this the first time and being like, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Meaning like, what is the point of this bit? Is it a bit? I don't know what it is, but like, what is the point of her salivating, clearly starving and not eating and not eating. And then telling us her life plan of only eating when she marries a very rich man and wanting him to die penniless. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of in the devil wears Prada when um, Emily says, or like when Andy says to Emily, like, Oh, you look great. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm on this new diet. Well, it's not really a diet. I, I don't eat anything. And then when I feel like I'm going to pass out. I eat a cube of cheese. Yeah. And then, Oh, thank you. I'm just one. I'm just one. So something flew away from my goal weight. Like that is extremely, you know, 2006 yeah. but yeah i mean i was gonna say i think for the time it bothered us less because it was supposed to be a joke but i think we i think as time went on like okay that's not that's not a joke you know yeah i don't know i've always been really sensitive to jokes like that as somebody who grew up not thin yeah and i'm still not thin um and yet it's still the, like look as a as a bigger woman hmm. um as much as we say like, oh, it's 2023, we don't care, love your body, whatever. I can tell you that that's bullshit. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So even by a 2023 um, standard or lens, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, people still value thinness. Oh, absolutely. And okay? As much, uh, I don't care how many campaigns there are. I don't care how many slogans, love your body bullshit. I don't care how much inclusive sizing people very much still care okay and so and, yeah go ahead i was gonna say like and not to like not and not to equate like my experience with that of women and body issues because that's a whole other arena that you know is kind of imposed on them by men um but you know i do find like like male body issues aren't discussed as much and if it is it's kind of like through a queer lens of like oh like it's a cliche for like gay or queer men to have body image issues um so i guess that makes me a cliche because i've like from the i'm gonna say like from the time i was like single digits like i've i've always had like kind of body body dysmorphia and body image issues and it's funny that, like when i think back to emily and the devil wears prada saying like oh i'm just one stomach flu away from my goal weight i had a really bad stomach flu in 2014 i think it was i was in grade 10 i think and um like I remember losing a lot of weight from Sedge um, stomach flu just because it was really bad. And I threw up like every day for a week. And so obviously you're going to lose weight if you're throwing up that much regardless. And not that I was like proud of the way I looked, but it was like interesting how much less like anxious in general I felt about my appearance. Just, oh, like this shirt isn't as tight anymore. Like, oh, okay. I was sick. Like, so I'm commending myself for getting sick and 
having the stomach flu and now I look better because like that's it was so fucked up and I recognize it now but in the moment I was like oh wow like I don't feel as shit about myself because I had a stomach flu like that's not well, like I'll see your stomach flu and raise you something even worse if you want me to make you feel better okay <laughs> um because I also have a story like that so by the way just the 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 Emily cube cheese thing mm-hmm. The reason I know that quote so well and the reason I say what I'm saying is because I remember watching that movie the first time and being like, oh, that's a really good system. Oh, I know. You know? Uh, So, yeah. But I remember when my father passed away, Mm -hmm. I was 13. um, And obviously the stress of the week and what, because everything in a Greek funeral happens really, really quickly. Like he passed away on a Saturday and his funeral was on a Tuesday, you know? Yeah. Um, so everything was very go, go, go. And I remember the week after um, I went somewhere, I went, I met my mom at her work after school one day. And one of her coworkers was like, you look great. And I remember thinking, and it's because obviously like I, I couldn't eat. And you were stressed. And you lose weight. from stress. I was so stressed. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating, obviously. Exactly. Like imagine being 13 years old and like, you know, all that happening. Yeah. And I remember, obviously, I was very upset, sad, whatever. And I remember it was the first time in a week where I actually felt good. Yeah. Because somebody had told me that I look really good. Mm-hmm. But it's because I was starving. Well, not literally start. Well, like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't physically eat. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, my God, I look good. But, like, do you understand how fucked up that is? Yeah. And it's totally... It's just what our culture has fed to us. Like as thirteen, when you're thirteen, you're not going to know any better. And like, I was sixteen when like I had my stomach flu thing. So I was like, you don't know any better. You think like you you take what's like you take what's being fed to you at face value in terms of like like that like that gives you a shot of dopamine because you your 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 culture and your cultural understanding has been that thinness equals beauty or equals being worthwhile equals being acceptable to you to yourself and to others yeah so when you finally achieve that it's like you said like oh i look good thank you like yeah but in the moment you look back and it's like "Mm." and that's why that's why even now like i'm really conscious of this and i in general i think it's more among women but i'm also very conscious of it like you don't like i never really have i don't that's not really something i do in small talk but like i make a point of you don't comment on someone's body appearance. Like if you notice someone's gained weight, you notice someone's lost weight. Like I don't comment on it. Like unless they bring it up and they want to talk about it with me, like then I'll engage, but it's not to me to like say, Oh wow, you look great. You've lost a lot of weight. Like, I don't know. Like I have a coworker who has lost a lot of weight in the past few months because of stress. So like she said that to me and like, we've discussed it since, but in the moment I'm not gonna be like, Oh, you look great. And she's even said, you know, a lot of people keep telling me I look great, but you know, I don't feel great. I'm like, I know it's shitty. Like you don't, you don't know a, whether a weight gain or a weight loss is w- positive or negative to that one person, right? But so. also, it just it shouldn't make it. It shouldn't factor into like how you interact with them. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> but also, I remember years later thinking about that moment where my mom's colleague told me you look great and me feeling amazing because I look so great. <laughs> I remember thinking, I actually feel bad for her too, because she was clearly also fed the same bullshit that we were all fed as a young woman. And 
I don't know what was going through, but imagine like going through your mind. Imagine this is going through your mind that you see a 13 year old who just lost her father and you're like, I know what'll make her feel better. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell her she looks great and she's lost weight. Yeah, that's fucked. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, that's a society where just all women are raised in. (laughs) It's awful. So, anyways, yeah. So I didn't get it then. I don't get it now. I think it was way more um, acceptable then. Um, It'd be like a gag, like some kind of joke of she doesn't eat because she's waiting for a a rich husband, which still doesn't make any sense, but okay, I guess. I know. I just, I I remember thinking the whole thing was odd. Also, like your boobs don't look that good if you're not eating. No, they don't. Just FYI. Just okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember that. Um, I think everyone at the dinner, well, I don't think anyone was really welcoming towards Marty at the dinner. Um, it was very clicky. Yeah, um, like they're kind of laughing at him for saying like, "Oh, wouldn't you miss your family while you're away at boarding school?" Like, okay, sorry, I didn't realize like all like all you all hate your family. Like, excuse me for liking my family. Yeah, or excuse me for like having a family. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me for not knowing what the fuck Zuckerberg is. Like, yeah. yeah, it was very clicky in the sense of like they clearly had their own language, their own stories, whatever, and it was just, it was. I don't know if it was intentionally meant to exclude him, but it was, he was clearly not having a good time. Well, um, it became intentional when I don't, you know, I don't remember, I don't pay attention to their names. Colin. Either. Yeah, they're all shitty. <laughs> and he's like, an ATM, how quaint. Um, yeah, fuck. that was shit. And the only redeeming moment I think Logan has in this episode is the look that he gives him yeah. um, when he says that. But even then, it's like too little, too late, bro. Um, and I can kind of, like I, I kind of like how Logan offered to pay for Marty because he could have, he like, he could, he could have just left, like, it could have been left, like, oh, you have to pay, like, no one's paying for you, like, you know, figure it out. I, like, I get Logan's impulse to do that because, like, he obviously has the money to throw around, like, $75 three ways. Cool. And I think it's the math. Of, how much is that? One, eh, 150, 150? No. I don't know. Don't make me do math on the spot. Uh, <laughs> God, you suck. How much is it? It's two twenty-five. Up. <laughs> um. So yeah, like obviously he has that. Just you suck so much. Why would you do that to me? I'm sorry. Um. Obviously he has the money to throw around, and I think it's nice of him to offer because obviously. I think he can sense like, oh, he might not have enough. Like, I think Logan is not being as shitty to Marty as his friends are. At least no, in- I think that's true too. I think he he was definitely um, extending an olive branch. The thing that I just, you know, I I think of like macho men. Yeah, how- I think it's I think it's a male pride thing where Marty exactly was, where he was like, like, yeah, no, I'm not letting you like pay for me in front of all your friends, you dick. Yeah, exactly. So. um you know, speaking of standards for women in 2005, I think standards for men in 2005 were also terrible. Yes. Um, so, like, this idea of I'm not going to let my the girl I liked love interest pay for me to eat this fucking Chinese food and mm-hmm. embarrass me in front of his friends, essentially. Um, by the way, also mad at Juliet because if she had eaten, about $75 would have gone down. Yeah. Because they would have made her pay. God damn it. Exactly. But anyways, that's a whole different thing. Um, <laughs> so the scene when they're outside and they're talking about an ATM. 
Yes. Um, sorry, I was gathering my thoughts. Long I thought. just felt so bad for him. Because, yeah. like, he knows he doesn't have the money. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, and I think it was lucky, obviously, that Rory had some cash on her that yeah. he to give her to give him. And I think, like, I don't know. I think, like, I like what you said about it being standards for men and women in this era, which is makes me feel old now. It's like, I feel like know, me was... makes you feel old. <laughs> I feel like 2005 was five years ago. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it's just, if it were real life, like, you know, you would like, if it were, let's say it was like you, me and two other people, like if, Oh, if I was short, like, I don't know if I would outright ask you, but I would be like, Oh, like, hang on a second or wh- whatever. And you'd be like, Oh, do you mean like, hang on, I can give it to you and then I pay you back. Like it wouldn't, like it wouldn't be such an embarrassing moment. You know, I feel like Marty feels like it's just this one huge, like low point of his life. And it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be. And I get it's because he was treated like shit in front of the girl he likes and the guy she's with and all of his rich asshole friends. But I don't know. To me, it just, to me, it makes me sad because like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, it you want you like give it like give it five more years when you're in a, like a f- more fully grown adult and no one's gonna care like you can figure it out you know yeah I mean I think at that point it's so like <sighs> do you remember what it's like being 20 <laughs> yes I know it was more recent for you than it was for me okay I didn't say anything last I'd be yelled at <laughs> no but I mean do you remember when like a problem that now you think about wasn't that big was the end of the world back then yeah so I think for Marty at this point it's like he's watching the girl he loves not be interested in him mm-hmm. he's um you know working however many jobs to pay for school mm. there's school which is already very stressful um he doesn't have a lot of money like I think it was just one of those days where it's like when it rains it pours (laughs) yeah and he's just thinking about everything and now he's also thinking about the fact that like his relationship is probably ruined with this girl because he has to ask her for money you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah obviously give it a couple of years and Marty's gonna be fine but like you know when you're 20 and just standing outside the fucking china palace it's charging you 75 (laughs) dollars Yeah, exactly. Especially it's not since, great. especially yeah, especially since it he didn't want to go in the first place. Yeah, he feels out of out of his element. They've kind of like de- like degraded him, and then all of a sudden, like he didn't re- like you can see the look of panic on his face. Like I don't have fucking seventy five dollars. Like why am I here? Like seventy five. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. Well, we did acknowledge that. Like that's ridiculous for yeah. one for. 75 per per person yeah no but I, I like that like why am I here you you definitely there's there's moments throughout the whole dinner where he's his face is just saying like seriously why the fuck am I here like what are we yeah. doing <laughs> you know yeah. um it reminds me of that episode of new girl I don't I think it's a Thanksgiving episode where CC is like I can't be- I cannot believe I am here voluntarily yeah essentially <laughs> um yeah, poor poor Marty in this situation. And then he walks her back to her dorm room and he tells her that he likes her, um, that he wants to be more than friends. And she's like, I like Logan. And we're like, yeah, bitch, we know. I hate that line. She's like, I like Logan. I'm like, shut up. God, you're so mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was just like, you're going to kick him while he's down, you know? 
Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I would rather somebody tell me that they didn't like me um, and they were interested in somebody else than string me along. Yeah, absolutely. It was better for her to be up front. I just think... For sure. I, no, I still think it was a shitty thing, but... It's just like a file nail in the coffin. Like, I like you. I like Logan. Yeah, she didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> she could have been like, I like being your friend. <laughs> yeah, like, I like being, like, you know, I, I really like you as a friend, but I'm kind of interested in Logan. Whatever. Yeah. Like, like, give me a full sentence. I was just like... Or, yeah, give me, like, an actual explanation. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of seeing Logan now, you know? Yeah, not like I think. Yeah, no. So yeah, I was also bummed. Um, and then the then later on in the episode, Logan climbs through Rory's window. Yes. And the the act ensues. Yeah. So I I made an I I scribbled down a note really last minute because I wasn't you know as the episode's ending I'm like hey do I have anything else to to say and I'm like wait a minute I for like didn't forget but I realized that this is obviously their first time. You know, bouncing on the bed, as we say around these. You and you're bouncing on the bed. <laughs> um, but I think it, it kind of obviously we've already seen Rory lose her virginity in the season four finale, and like that was a big to do based on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like just the way she says like a proper good night is like there's it's laced with so much subtext, and it's kind of, I find it's kind of a turning point in the show where obviously we've seen we've we've watched Roy grow up from high school to university and obviously she's well into her university era at this point but it's I find to me it's a turning point for both the show and the character where it's not just like lovey-dovey high school stuff anymore even in season four it was like this in-between stage of like she started college but nobody really knows what's happening yet and everyone no one knows where the hell their life is going whereas now in season five she feels a bit more secure and established in her Yale identity and now she's like a proper good night which to me you know not going to make it sound too sensual but it's 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 more like it just signals a bit a more mature shift for both Roy's character and the show in my opinion yeah I think so I think season five for Rory is a turning point in the sense that she's growing up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also the fact that she's dating Logan mm-hmm. um, or seeing him, I guess, because they're not exclusive. That's also a turning point for her because, um, you know, she she's going from being this girl who's only ever had monogamous relationships to now to like dating like you know what you do in college date have sex you know like mm. not have fun like nothing has to be really serious you know listen that was not my college experience was it yours well, <laughs> we all do things was it yours <laughs> no 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 not mine i'm saying we all in the general <laughs> but like you know it's not we're not like small town living anymore. You know, there's people that she's interested in. She wants to do things, you know? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, And I think I can almost like imagine some kind of like right wing, uh, like activist group targeting the show for being too sexual now. And like imagining in 2005, like the family association attacking the WB for incorporating like a mature shift, even though, look to other teen shows in 2005 and it was pretty still pretty tame seriously can you guys relax they barely touched 
<laughs> I don't know if the fa if the the family association or whatever the the American Family Association or whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't know if they reacted to this in any way. I'm just I just imagine like any kind of mature sensual act on a WB show was Jesus like, like, just, re like clutching their there's like clutching their pearls at, at the thought. Yeah, well, everyone's gonna relax because compared to some of the other shows that are out there now and were out there before, seriously. They barely held hands. <laughs> Listen, you know how uncomfortable it makes me watching Euphoria and thinking, oh my God, are like teenagers watching this? Like yeah. this is 18 plus, like 18 plus. If you are under 18, do not watch this. Yeah, well, that's not going to work. But I, know I remember... it's not, but it's like, is this seriously geared? It's it's built as a teen drama. Is this like, are there 14 year olds watching this? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't mean, to, I don't believe in censorship in the broad sense, but. If I if I were a parent, I'm like, you are not watching HBO. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a whole other topic, but I think, yes, there are kids watching this. And I think it's part of the problem today. Like, yeah, Um, but, you know, that's a whole other topic, a whole other podcast. Yeah. I will say, though, um, just because we brought it up, but the the whole scene at the end was so like not a thing mm -hmm. that I remember first watching it and being like, did they have sex, though? <laughs> <laughs> and only got my confirmation the next episode where she actually says that they had sex is that what that meant tell me i am very innocent and immature well, how old was i 2005 i was 13 okay well 13 whatever you know so mm -hmm. i remember being like i'm pretty sure they had sex but did they have sex well yeah it's like a 12 13 year old it's it's you know it you can't really read between the lines that well, well. yeah you're still kind of being like well it fades to black what do you mean stephanie meyer fades to black like <laughs> but yeah so um i don't think the american family whatever people would have had a problem with this compared to some of the other shows um but yeah um let's talk about lorelei and luke Oh yeah, there was a whole other part of this episode other than yeah. <laughs> Logan, Marty, and Rory. God bless his. Soul. God bless. Um. So Lorelai drives by the diner and sees that Luke's boat is outside the diner. Do you know uh, that was like a, that was a petty Betty thing to do? Okay, so that's the thing that I wanted to ask you because everyone's kind of on Lorelai's side with um you know, this debate whether or not he should have done it. Um, He should have parked. At one point she says like, you know, you're rubbing, you you put the boat outside the diner, like rubbing it in my face. Um, You know, Luke, Suki's like, oh, he's such a jerk, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think it was done intentionally? Like it was intentionally petty? Because I don't think Luke's brain works like that. No, I don't think it was, I don't think it was intentionally petty. I think he, in his mind, in the moment, it was we're, we're broken up my boat shouldn't be in her garage anymore i'm taking my boat and I, yeah. I don't have any place to put it so on the street in front of the diner it goes i think that was as far as his brain went in the moment but i do see where lorelei and suki are coming from in terms of like this is a small town everyone is already up in arms they're up in arms when they when they got together started dating they're already going to be up in arms that, that they've broken up um so it kind of, I can kind of see where Lorelai is coming from when it's like you put the boat in front of the diner. It's a big billboard saying Luke and Lorelai broke up. I think, I think Luke could have like assessed the situation and realized the consequences of taking the boat and leaving it in the leaving it in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. um, but I like I do understand him wanting like he wanted kind of like didn't want any ties to Lorelai, and I totally get that after a a bad breakup. But 
like I said, the, the town is small. You have nowhere else to put said boat. So it's going to go in the street in front of your diner. It's just, it's a symbol. So maybe, and, and I think as a man, you're not going to think of those things. So it's kind of a two-way street. Yeah, I don't know. I Like, you know, she was clearly upset when they were having their argument in the garage. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I would also be upset with the fact that, you know, you didn't call me, you broke into my garage. Um, <laughs> to be fair, though, she did break into his apartment last week. So, yeah, let's call it even. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and to have to see it without knowing, I think, is the bigger slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think Luke's mind works that way. He's like, haha, I'm going to park it in front of the diner and she's going to. No, but I think, like I said, it has like there's implications that goes along with parking your fucking boat in the middle of the street. Oh, for sure. And in I mean, he... where everyone's going to gossip. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, I, I think he should know better in Stars Hollow. Um, like he already knows that Taylor's passing out ribbons. You know what I mean? Like, I think he should have been smarter than that. Um, so Luke is visited by Bradley. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love this too. Um, so Bradley is a third grader over at the elementary school and Lulu is his teacher. Yes. And um apparently we learned that Lorelai signed him up to build the sets for the elementary school's production of Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? I have not seen it. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I've seen I saw a play that my high school did. Was it high school? Maybe it was elementary school. I saw some school production of it at one time, um, but I haven't seen any movies. Okay. Well, the movie's three and a half hours long, so maybe skip it. Yeah. And I honestly, anytime someone talks about the fiddle on the roof, I think of a quote from Pitch Perfect where Fat Amy says, I once did fiddle on the roof with a lot of Aboriginals. It was very Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's... um... It won three Oscars, though, so okay. I don't know. But, uh, and I'm pretty sure you know the songs. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're doing Fiddler on the Roof, and as you do, they cast a 40-year-old man as the main guy. <laughs> the lead role, because apparently they couldn't find any child worth the role in any of the schools anywhere in the area. So To be fair, it's a very wordy role. <laughs> so kirk was the logical next candidate the fact that he even auditioned to me is like oh kirk (laughs) which i'm not surprised no i'm not surprised but also you know what does surprise me i started thinking about it the other day and i was like kirk has now done like produced his own film (laughs) you know um done the festival of living art uh is acting in this third grade play we see in season six that he does this whole dance routine. I'm like, why aren't you in Hollywood? Yeah. Could you imagine um, like Luke's, not Luke, Kirk's CV of all the jobs he's done, including all of his creative pursuits? Don't forget, he was also a hot dog outside of Luke's diner. <laughs> Which, to be fair, was... And the town whore. Sorry. Yes, but he was a wiener. The costumes and wiener. <laughs> but yeah i'm just like can you imagine kirk in hollywood oh boy that would be a spinoff that would be a spinoff that's a good spinoff we have a whole thing on spinoffs this week um but anyways so whatever kirk is uh playing the role of tevia and um essentially luke keeps asking lulu where all the adults are because he's hoping to see lorelei 
not even hoping. I feel like he's just he. I think he's kind of miffed that Lorelai signed him up, and he's like, "Okay, I have a, like I'm committed now. I can't let these kids down." And then he goes and he shows up, and he's like, "He's the only one there." It's like, "Okay, like what? Am I doing this all by myself?" Oh like, no, that's not how I took it at all. Continue. <laughs> uh, no, I took it as like because you know in the diner where, um. Lulu's telling him like oh a lot of parents are are helping out with lighting costumes whatever Mm -hmm. uh Lorelai signed you up weeks ago she's making the costume oh Lorelai's gonna be there so I was like oh you clearly want to see her but you're such a man and you can't just pick up the phone and be like let's talk okay I could see that I don't know I can see that it's clearly what it was I know I'm right okay excuse you we're not allowing any other perspectives um I don't know. No, to like I think okay, let's say he wanted to obviously see Lorelai. And I think at the same time he was also miffed that he was signed up and she's not there and nobody else is there and he's just by himself with a bunch of kids. No, I don't see that at all. At all? Nope. <laughs> okay. Stop. No, because I don't think no. if that was the case, when what's her face tripped? I don't know who a kid's name, sorry. When she tripped, she tripped like he's freaking out. He yeah. wouldn't have driven over to her house. Obviously not. You know, um, but whatever. It's I just I get frustrated because I'm like, clearly you're doing this because you want to see her like with the you were promised that she would be here making the costumes mm-hmm. um, and you want to see her. So then shouldn't that be a good indication that you want to see her yeah. and you can just fucking pick up the phone? But anyways, um, uh, I want to talk about our good friend Damon because his mother's a lesbian. Did you know? <laughs> I wrote a note. Has Damon mentioned that his mother is a lesbian? Did you know? I didn't I know. I think she's a lesbian. Also, before we talk about Damon, I do have to mention that I think my favorite line from this whole storyline of Luke, the children, and the costumes is when Lulu and Bradley are in the diner and he's like having an asthma attack. Yeah. And she's like, he's fine. Luke, Luke, eyes on me. Eyes on me. <laughs> What's the matter with him? Like you've never seen a kid before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, it was nice to see him interacting with kids. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Do you expect elementary school kids to know what a Phillips head screwdriver is? No. I mean, I, I do what... expect them to know what a hammer is, though. Yeah, exactly. I knew. I expect you know what a screwdriver looks like. I mean, I knew what a Phillips head screwdriver was when I was in elementary school, only because I had a contractor for a father, so I was in a little bit of a special group but you still have a contractor for a father yeah i'm saying i did have a contractor for a father when i was in elementary school past tense uh-huh it's <laughs> not like i had a contractor for a father i don't know where he is now <laughs> okay. yes i have a contractor for a father no i'm joking um, but um i mean if somebody told me at in third grade what what are you nine yeah if somebody told me hey go grab a screwdriver i wouldn't come back with you with a roll of tape <laughs> yeah damon your lesbian mothers aren't like slacking hard <laughs> damn that's tape you know what else there is my mother's a lesbian what the fuck does that have to do with anything well i mean i think he's trying to tell him he didn't have a father growing up to teach him what tape was i mean this is 2005 isn't wouldn't the stereotype have been lesbians like home depot um uh, that's still the stereotype <laughs> okay <laughs> uh but yeah i think the lesbians could have picked up the slack and teaching him what a hammer is um mm. but yeah so his mother's a lesbian did you know now I you do i do know I think he said it six times. Hilarious. You like lesbians? Yeah, they're swell. <laughs> um, and then the longing look between Luke and Lorelai 
when Tevia is singing to his wife. Do you know what Tevia's wife's name is? Um, no, not off the top of my head. What no. is it? I don't know either. I'm asking. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyways. Um, but when he's singing to oh, I think it's Goldie. You keep talking while I look it up. <laughs> Hava? Is it Hava? Ugh, I don't know. Whatever. In any case, <laughs> um, they clearly both want to talk to each other. Just talk to each other. It's so frustrating. Absolutely. What's her name? Did you look it up? Yeah, I think it's Goldie. <gasps> I'm amazing. <laughs> don't ask me anyone else's name in that fucking movie. Well, they're all very Jewish. So. <laughs> well, obviously, it's Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, in any event. So, that's this episode. Anything else you want to say about this episode? Well, I wanted to ask you, because since you mentioned it, do you want to talk about coffee, coffee, coffee? Yes, because that aggravates me every single time. And I think it aggravates me more now, having sadly worked customer service for far too long. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, as somebody who's worked retail and customer service, if somebody came into you, like, coffee, 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 like, without saying anything? Okay, so I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest issue here is... You confirm the order before you fulfill the order, dumbass. Like, you don't mm-hmm. be like, coffee, coffee, coffee. Okay. Like, you confirm, like, you pay before you make the order sort of thing, you know? So, or maybe not in that case, but whatever. I mean, so, it's small town Westons. What do you want? Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Would you, like, coffee, coffee, coffee. Then you say, okay, so three coffees, question mark? Not just turn around and, well, okay, we'll make, we'll make three coffees. Like, oh, so you're more frustrated with the Westons lady than Lorelai. Absolutely. Oh, I don't really care. You said coffee, coffee, coffee. Like clearly, that means to me like you want coffee. You don't want three coffees. Yeah, but I'm, more, a, I'm saying as a customer service employee, I am mad with this dumbass lady. Apparently, Weston's just employed by dumbasses. It's owned by a stupid old lady. It's the stupid. This other stupid woman works there. She's dead. Stupid. Jeffrey, relax. <laughs> oh no, but I'm I'm frustrated with both. So yeah, I see your point. Like. Obviously, if somebody, a, a, a clearly deranged person walks into the store and is like, coffee, 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 be like, would you like a coffee, ma'am? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but what gets me like every time I watch this is, you know, Lorelai's talking about how she has a new routine down and now like obviously she can't go to Luke's. So she goes to Weston's and we're always meant to believe that Stars Hollow is this small town where everyone knows everyone hmm. and like they're giving out ribbons about her relationship and shit. Yeah, and this lady has no idea who Lorelai is. <laughs> I know, and like she has to explain to her, like, "Oh no, it's just my bit," you know. Exactly. And I'm like, "Is it a small town or isn't it, guys? It's not a metropolis. We know that." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she. I think that's what bothers me too. That's uh, that's another part of what bothers me is because, yeah, doesn't everybody know Lorelai loves coffee? This town is small, and Lorelai has a big personality. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, she's new in town. Maybe. Maybe she's new in town, but who's moving to Stars Hollow? But anyways. She's also just kind of rude, which is like, you said coffee, coffee, coffee. Here's three coffees. Like, no. <laughs> and you know what? If this, if this was real life, Lorelai would be a Karen and would say, I'm not paying for three coffees. I only want one. Here's the money for one. Bye. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> uh, anything else for this episode? Um, I did make a note about Michelle because he was, he was being a, uh, a petty. Not, maybe it was petty Betty. The right no, he was being a diva. <laughs> but I, I very much identify with him in this episode. <laughs> yeah, he very much wanted to be included. Poor Michelle. It's like, 
I heard a noise from the kitchen. A swap or a boom. <laughs> or, a <bang. laughs> or maybe it was a kerplunk. <laughs> I'm extremely busy. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they finally do include him and he brings these stencils over to paint. Yeah, the- I was going to say, was there any doubt that Michelle was gay when he had antique stencils? <laughs> Listen, week. It's just so obvious through a 2023 lens. I feel like I really just want to go back and I want to ask the producers, like, he's so queer coded. Like, please t- tell me what was going through your minds as you wrote this in 2005. Just let him suck a dick. What's the problem? <laughs> I knew. <laughs> well, you know what? With all due respect, he probably was doing that off camera. So, well, anyways, um, where can they find us, Jeffrey? Um, they can follow us on the socials on tweeters at Gilmore Podcast on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast. You can email us gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. And we are happy to announce that our bi-monthly email newsletter is now open to free subscribers. So you can subscribe and receive um our newsletter that goes out with every new podcast episode in your inbox on Friday mornings. Um, in it, you'll find some of our signature Gilmore Girls and pop culture-related snark um, and some recommendations of what we're reading, watching, and listening to at the moment. And you can subscribe if you like. We would very much appreciate it um, at gilmoregirlspodcast.substack.com. Um, it might ask you to pledge an amount um, when you subscribe. That is optional. You can click no pledge and subscribe for free. And we would really appreciate it if you would consider doing that. And that's that on that. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.